Okay, we've been doing a series on death and resurrection. We're talking about uh, what happened in the past and how that started. We talked about how death entered into the world, and we talked a little bit about death. And we did uh, two different things. There was two deaths that were suspended, and Elijah went straight to heaven on a chariot. Enoch walked with God and disappeared up to heaven. So there was two deaths suspended, which said, well, God can do whatever he wants to do. And he can even do that, and he did that. Then in the Old Testament, we got uh, three resurrections in the Old Testament. We've got Elijah, who raised up the widow's boy. And then Elisha, the very next prophet, who raises up another widow's boy. And we see uh, God communicating to us about death, that he is a life-giving spirit. He has the power to give life. As Elijah and Elisha both stretch themselves on the victims, breathe into them, and they come back to life. Then we get a little P.S., which is a great part of the story. Uh, Elisha is dead and buried, and they toss a dead person in, and he rolls down, he hits Elijah's bones and comes back to life. <laughs> it's the third resurrection in the Old Testament. Proof that what? Elijah didn't do it. He's dead. It's just his bones. He's gone. Uh, he didn't do it. God did it. All right? And so God caused three resurrections, three uh, people to rise. Now we go into the New Testament where there's three New Testament resurrections. And these are the ones that Jesus did. And we're going to start with that today as we get now really into the meat of what Jesus is trying to communicate about death and dying and, of course, resurrection. <clears throat> Luke chapter number 8 for our text. We have the story here of the resurrection of a fella who was a ruler in the synagogue. He was a pastor, we might call him in our language. And his daughter is sick. And so he goes to find Jesus. My daughter's really sick. Can you come? Yes, I will come. And so as he's coming, there's an interruption. But then we get to the story here. They've just been stopped in the road for a little bit different part of a story. And then verse 49, Luke chapter 8, verse 49. And he that, uh, <clears throat> when, when, well, he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. So they're not there yet, almost there, but not there. And a messenger comes, it's too late. She died. So don't bother Jesus. It's too late. Your daughter died. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. I'm coming with you. You trust me, believe, and I'll come with you. And it'll be okay. So here we get the scene. And when he came to the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the maiden. 
So they come into the house. Verse 52, all wept and bewailed her. But he said, weep not, she's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. So here's the question to ask yourself. Uh, Jesus said, uh, she is sleeping. She's sleeping. The messenger came and said, she's dead. She died. Jesus comes in the house. No, she's sleeping. And it says they laughed him to scorn because they knew she was dead. And when someone's dying, there comes a point when they die and you know that they're gone. And you recognize it, you see it happen, and you know that the person has died. And so they're watching this little girl. They're gathered around the house watching her, and then she dies. And there's not a question that she dies. So then why does Jesus come in and say, she's sleeping? She's sleeping. Is he out of touch with reality? She's dead. And he says he's sleeping. We're going to ask ourselves a question. Is he out of touch with reality? So what's the answer to that question? You should be shaking till your glasses fall. No, 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 no. No, he's not out of touch. He can't be. He is reality. If you really understand what reality is, it's Jesus. That's reality. All right. So is he out of touch with the reality? Well, the first thing we would say, that's why you hesitated, because you know I ask trick questions. <laughs> it seems like he's out of touch. Because he walks in and they know he's dead. He's already sent a messenger, says he's dead. And he says, no, she's sleeping. She's not dead. And they laughed at him. (laughs) He's out of touch because she's dead. She's dead. Now, here's the fact. He's not out of touch with reality. They are. Okay? How come? How come they're out of touch with reality? She says he's dead. Well, in Jesus' mind, in Jesus' mind, um, if you said to Jesus, define death, he would say uh, there is a spiritual death. Spiritual death. That I have come to fix. I come to fix spiritual deadness. That is, in people, 
They are spiritually dead when they are unresponsive to God. All right? There's God. We can't respond, can't do anything, can't think about it. Just ignore God, unresponsive to God. They're spiritually dead. And he has come to help people who are spiritually dead because if they are unresponsive, spiritually dead, there comes a time when they stand in front of God and he says, you never responded. You were dead spiritually. So here's what's happening to you. You're going into the lake of fire. And they go into the lake of fire. And that's described as the second death. It is the spiritual deadness that comes from being tossed into the lake of fire. In Jesus' mind, that's spiritually dead. And he has come to fix spiritually dead people. All right? So, if you ask Jesus, well, who's dead? He says, people who don't believe in me. People who reject me, who won't respond to me, are dead. And I have come to fix that issue, to wake them out of that deadness and have them come alive in God. So he, they come in, he, they laugh at him, say, she is dead. And he says, no, she's sleeping. Because he has come to redefine what we call death. He's coming to redefine what we call death, and he calls it sleep. Sleeping. He says they're sleeping. I like what he does because it's very interesting. (coughs) Verse 52, they all wept and bewailed her. But he said, weep not, she's not dead, but sleep. So they laughed him to scorn, Knowing she was dead, he put them all out. Ah. <laughs> redefining death. Gonna redefine it. Okay. Get out, everybody out. I want everybody out. Why? What are they doing? They're wailing and they're weeping, and in this culture, that's what they did. And we still have cultures like that today. Somebody dies, oh, oh, it's awful. And they wail and holler out and cry. Plenty of cultures are still like that today. Somebody dies, oh, this is terrible. And Jesus says, oh, she's sleeping. So you guys have got a problem. Uh, First of all, You got the wrong attitude. And you have, with your wrong attitude, created the wrong atmosphere. So they're all crying and moaning and wailing and gathered around the dead body. Oh, this is awful. This is awful. So he says, you got the wrong atmosphere. He walks in the place and everybody's wailing. Oh, get out. Get out. We're going to change this. Have a different idea. So why would he call death as we look at the person? This girl just died. They're laying on a bed. She's dead. 
is dying to us, he's sleeping. Because death, as we experience it here on this earth, all right, is to fall asleep in this world and to wake up in the next one. That's it. Bible says what? Absent from the body, present with the Lord, is to move from this world to that world. Now, nobody knows more about that world than he does. He knows what happens over there. And so they say, she's dead. Yeah, it's like sleep. She's fully conscious on the other side, aware, all right? She's not dead like he thinks of death, which is spiritually dead, unresponsive to God. He says, so that, that's it. And people constantly come to me and say, Eric, we went to a funeral at your church, and it wasn't like any we'd ever been to before. Good. Because I would do just what Jesus did. If you want to be miserable, see ya, goodbye. I didn't come here to be miserable. It's not what death is. Death is a door to the other side. And Jesus, of all people, ought to be able to tell us, here, let me define that girl's death, as you call it, for you. She has crossed over into a place. So what's over there? She said, I'm the one that fixed it up for her. I prepared it for her. In my father's house, what? Are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you in the most comforting words ever spoken, I go to prepare a place for you. You. He's the one that fixed the place up. So he says, I can't define death like you do. Ah, this is horrible. I can't do it because I got a place that's all set. I got it ready for you. So they're sleeping. He's sleeping. And that's the best way I can think of to think about it. She's sleeping. And when I think about my mother, the last breath she took, I was thrilled. Thrilled to death. Thrilled to death. Because she had, who was so bright, and so intelligent and so deep lost her capacity to think and to reason and to even recognize. And that bright, wonderful woman had turned into someone. And the minute she finished that last breath, her mind was free. There's nothing better than that. You understand? So when you say, well, they're dying, they're just sleep. Jesus is like sleeping. All it is, is you go to sleep here, you wake up there. And when my mother's mind was instantly cleared, when she fell asleep in death, that's wonderful. Kidding me? That's thrilling. So there's nothing to sit around and wail and moan. And when we treat death here, we're going to treat it like Jesus treats it. 
It's not something you fear. It's not something you moan and whine about and drag around for months. It's something you say, oh, he just he went to sleep here and got rid of every bad thing that hindered them, and they're up there having the time of their life in a place Jesus himself prepared. So he says, it's not like you say. It's good. So he kicked them out. Because they were dragging the whole place down. They were dragging it down. Someone said to me, the last funeral I did, they came up to me and said, there's a certain person who just won't come. It's too much to handle. I said, too bad. It would have been a big help. Because we'd have looked at it like Jesus looks at death. I mean, that's the way we would have looked at it. And uh, it's too bad that they miss it. So, Verse 54, put them out, took her by the hand, and called, saying, Maid, arise. Uh, uh, if we go, if we were to turn to another account, the same thing. Uh, it's uh, Talitha Cumai, the actual words that Jesus said. So there's this girl, he calls her sleeping, we would say she's dead. But he's right. <laughs> and he takes her by the hand. And he says, Talitha Cumai. Well, what does that mean? What exactly is that? Well, um, my mother, for as long as I can remember, uh, came in our bedroom every morning. My brother and I shared a bedroom. And my sister's room was there. And you'd hear something coming upstairs and go, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> And she'd turn on the lights and throw open the door and say, rise and shine. I don't want to shine. I don't even want to rise. Well, you want me to rise and shine? That's right, rise and shine. And she kept saying it over and over until it burned in my mind forever and ever. I opened my eyes and I think, rise and shine. Here we go. Still thinking. Rise and shine. Come on, it's time to get up and go. Everybody's wailing, everybody's merely got the wrong attitude. So Jesus says to her, rise and shine. Or, come on. It's like my mother would be suggesting, get up. Let's go live life, okay? Let's be useful today. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's be ambitious today. Get out of bed and rise and shine. Let's go. Come on. And Jesus says that to this girl. It's a very familiar phrase to them. They would all know Talitha Cuma. It means get up and go. Come on, let's go. Get out of bed and let's go. He says to her, get up, rise and shine. Uh, <clears throat> and so he has in it this very positive thing. Now I'm going to raise her from the dead. I'm going to resurrect her for a reason, for a purpose. She's going to shine. She's going to shine. She's shining today right here in this room right now. The girl is shining today. Teaching us about death. Teaching us how to view it. Teaching us not to create that wrong atmosphere and the wrong attitude that they were creating when he got there. He said, that's not how we look at death. We have a whole different opinion of it. So get it right, all right? And when my father died, I remember a fellow said to me, how tragic, how tragic. No, it's good. 
soul set free. If anyone was a free thinking man, it was my father. And he was starting to fall down a lot. He hit his head, come with blood pouring out of his head. What'd you do? I fell down. And he wanted to walk in the woods and he finally couldn't anymore. And when he died, I said, go walk in the woods. <laughs> go do whatever you want. Be free. It's not tragic. Eh, not that at all. <clears throat> How often death is a great relief. So we leave these things behind. One of the uh, fascinating stories uh, comes out of uh, Germany. It's one of those stories that come out of Germany. Uh, Interesting. Of course, these are made-up fables, but sometimes they are got a wonderful point. There's two angels that come to Earth. And one is the angel of sleep, and one is the angel of death. And as darkness covers the land, they both they're sisters, and they come down together. And the angel of sleep takes her uh, seed and sows it across the village. And pretty soon, babies who've been crying fall asleep. And laborers who've been working all day and they're exhausted fall asleep. And the old man who can't sleep anymore falls asleep. And they all sleep and slumber. And when they wake up in the morning, they're so grateful. Thank you, sleep angel, for that. And the sleep angel says to the death angel, the best part of it is their gratitude when they wake up. And they've had a night's sleep, and they wake up, and they say, thank you, sleep angel. And the death angel says, they never thank me. Ever. They don't thank me. He may set them free from the bondage of a diseased body, a diseased mind. Set them free. Hey, a death angel is worthy of thanks if we got our heads right. We think like Jesus, who says they're just sleeping, they're going to wake up so much better off. I thought that was an interesting story. In the catacombs in Rome, I finished with this. In the catacombs in Rome, under the ground, there were Christians living in caves, basically caves under the ground in Rome, hiding for their lives because they were wanted to be killed uh, by the Romans. And for a few couple generations, they lived underground in caves to survive. We call the catacombs. And when you go through the catacombs. Uh, today, you can still see carved into the rock. There's a, be a spot. Uh, it says a name, maybe a child. And it says, asleep in Jesus. Written in the catacomb. And they go down a little farther and they'll find another grave. Asleep in Jesus. See, they got it. They understood. They were living under the ground, trying to survive the persecution that was killing Christians everywhere. 
and they're underground, living in these maze of caves, surviving down there. When somebody dies, they mark it asleep in Jesus. Remember the song? You know, remember. <laughs> asleep in Jesus, blessed sleep, from which one never wakes to weep, a calm but undisturbed repose, unbroken by the last. Of foes. It has several verses. I won't keep going. But asleep in Jesus. We used to sing that when we were kids. One of the first songs I played on my clarinet. Asleep in Jesus. And there's the way we're going to think about death. So we're going to read Jesus comes along and with the first resurrection redefines how we think about death. Let's get our heads like his. So when he comes in and says, she's not dead, she's sleeping, they all, he's out of touch with the reality. It's them that are out of touch with the reality of what happens in death. They're out of touch. Not him. They are. And they're the ones that he's correcting out. I can't have you people turning this into a funeral. Because <laughs> that's not what we're going to have. We're going to wake that girl up. Wake up, girl, rise and shine. And off she goes. So that's the first of the resurrections that Jesus does. Next week, we'll go to the second one. The first one, she just died. All right? Just before he arrived, she died. Next one. The funeral procession. Next week we'll talk about the widow of Nain. Thank you.